to UCYP, where we have uphill conversations with young professionals. Real conversations with bright, forward-thinking YPs. You know, every generation is different than those who've come before. And rather than generalities, we want to hear unique, individual perspectives of the generation that's currently on the rise. We want to elevate the voices, talent, and contributions of YPs in order to build a bridge to connect the past, present, and future generations, helping them to be heard, to be understood, and ultimately, to see them lead. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of UCYP, our conversation with young professionals. And uh, I'm Tim, I'm here with Megan, and we're so glad that you are with us and listening in. And um, hey, you know what's really cool when it comes to people trying to figure out their next steps or the next test that they might face? Not everybody is willing to embrace that. They don't kind of take on those challenges. But it's really cool when you see people that are, you know, young professionals, um, and are willing to start messing with, I guess you could say, their life, their career, their, um, I mean, just take chances and take mm-hmm. steps. And we had a great conversation with um, a young professional, Yasha Patel, mm-hmm. who actually did that. Yeah. And I mean, I think that it can be intimidating when you're a young professional and you realize uh, that maybe you haven't been going down the path uh, that that you should ultimately be on. And whether that is just in what interests you, um, making a pivot or making a shift, it can be um, it can be pretty challenging. And uh, one thing that that I think is interesting in listening back to the interview we did with Yasha, it made me think of this article um, that you and I both read, Tim, about um, 23andMe. And so it's this company that was started by this female CEO, and her name is Anne, tell me how to say the last name again. Wojcicki. Wojcicki. So Anne Wojcicki. Um, and she was just met with obstacles early on in in building this business. And um, for those of you who don't know what they do, uh, they do different sorts of um, genetic testing, DNA testing, similar to Ancestry.com. But their main goal was putting these tests out there that could show you early indicators that if you're going to maybe have Parkinson's or Alzheimer or things like that. And uh, they ended up getting a lot of scrutiny and being under the FDA, but what's they really- got shut down. They the got F- shut down. They blocked yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the cool thing is that, you know, and she just kept going with it. So there was adversity. She had to, she had to shift as well. She had to make some changes in how they were marketing the business, how they were running the business. And she even had to take that hard look and say, you know, maybe we don't have the right people. So let's go get the right people. Um, but even beyond that, I think it's neat that this company, it's still continuing to evolve. And even now, she has this greater purpose of having a lasting impact on the world with this company. So really taking what they're learning and um, putting it into research on different diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. So just a really great story of a female entrepreneur um, who just faced some adversity early on, but figured out how to pivot, but still continue pursuing her ultimate goal. Right. And, and even though the interview we had with Yasha, it's not exactly the same, but it's a person who's going from 
one you know one career and shifting over into something mm-hmm. that is completely and totally unrelated and the obstacles and the roadblocks and the things that popped up for her they didn't stop her she embraced mm-hmm. the obstacle yeah. and she's been working through the challenge and she's still just continuing to grow and to move on moving from being this attorney mm-hmm. into a person that has now this event space, yeah. which is, you know, like, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> How I do think, you draw that line? <laughs> I know. And I think what's cool is she talks about, she, she had this creative, this creative thing in her and she really wanted to be able to get into an industry where she felt uh, she could really use that, that creativity. But even more than that, it wasn't just about building a business and pursuing a dream. She saw it as this opportunity to improve her community. Um, and I, I just think that that's such a great thing to have somebody who's so young, who's thinking beyond just what are my passions and my dreams, but how can I improve this community where I live? Um, so I, I think you guys are really going to enjoy the episode with Yasha. She was a terrific guest to have on the show. Uh, but before we jump into it, please remember to connect with us on our website site. It's ucyp.co. You can find us on Twitter at the UCYP and you can join our UCYP Facebook group. And also, if you don't already, please subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. And we would always love it if you could give us a review and rate the show and just share it with your friends and let them know what we're doing. Well, let's jump into this episode and a great conversation with um, an up-and-coming young professional, Yasha Patel. So, hey, welcome to Uphill Conversations Young Professionals. We are sitting here with a wonderful person um, that um, is doing some amazing things in the world, and that is Miss Yasha Patel. So, Yasha, how's it going in your world? Great. Just been really busy. What have you been up to? You got some things hopping. Oh, you know, just trying to renovate this old building and (laughs) figuring it all out. But I'm finally here and I'm really excited. And where we are, we're in a beautiful building. We are. We're in the Rutherford, Mm -hmm. which is like this place. I remember driving by this building in Greenville, South Carolina. This building looks nothing like it did. And you've done so much to it. It's incredible. It's got this modern, rustic feel to it. And um, we need to post some pictures. No, we will. I'll take some. But I would just love it, Yasha, if you could give our listeners, tell them a little bit about who you are and what you're doing. I think that would be really helpful. Okay. Well, um, so just kind of my background and how I ended up in Greenville. I moved here about five years ago um, with my husband for work, and I I think it was the growth of the city that kind of inspired me to want to do something different. I was an attorney when I moved here, and I decided to change tracks last year. This time, exactly, um, I left the public defender's office and decided that I wanted to um, be an entrepreneur, and I wanted to showcase my creativity. So I found this building that we're sitting in and um, just little things inspired me, like buildings that I would see when I would travel or artwork. I mean, it's it's crazy how I thought of everything. I didn't hire a designer. Uh, this was all me, but it came together in the last eight months. And so this has literally consumed me. So that's what I've been going through for the last eight months. And I'm trying to get some people in here now um, to, to celebrate. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I want to see people having fun and, and getting married and having holiday parties. So I'm ready for the next phase. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited and proud that um, the building and everything turned out the way it did. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to, you know, get, get started. Well, you know, <laughs> the thing is, is I love what you said about being an attorney. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, I'm, we're sitting in this building. It's beautiful. And we'll share pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, but that's a bi- that's a big change. Like and you said to go into this entrepreneurial space mm-hmm. like I have a couple like that brings curiosity because there are a lot of people out there that say I went down this track. I've been doing this for a while, but man, I'm being called in something that is completely different. Yeah. Probably no one's going to understand People are going to probably think I'm crazy. People thought I was nuts. My parents just looked at me and, and said, are you, are you sure you want to do this? When I brought, I brought them to the building when you probably drove past and thought, mm-hmm. what is going on here? And they just looked at me and looked at each other. They said, well, well, we'll talk about, you know, we can talk more about this and make sure you're doing the right thing. Um, but I know probably some of my friends thought I was crazy. And I thought I was crazy too at some point, but um, there's just a drive that I had. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know it's going to, I know it's going to look good at the end. And, um, I think getting to that point, like shifting mentally, um, because I had, you know, I had a pretty good job. It was fun. I was learning, I was helping people. Um, and you know, I went to school for it, you know, so mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be my journey, but I always knew, I mean, growing up, I wanted my own business because I, my parents had their own business and I think I just wanted to create. I, mm-hmm. I I'm creative. Um, I, I'd like to think that I'm creative in, in different aspects, but I, I knew I wanted to do something when I when I was older. But um, I mean, I love being an attorney. You know, it's it it was a really powerful thing to be in the courtroom and to stand next to someone who didn't have a voice. And, and it took a lot for me to leave that and, and try something completely new. Um, but I'm glad I did. You know, I or I would. Still be driving to Greenwood for, you know, community. Yeah, and that was a long drive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I'm just curious because you had obviously this career as a public defender. And, you know, like you said, you went to school for that. And all of a sudden you kind of decided to make this shift and Mm -hmm. and pivot in what you were doing. Was there a moment or... um, you know, what was that thing that happened? When did it become clear for you that you were meant to do something different? I just, I, it was something in me that just kind of shifted. And I don't know, um, you know, whether it was because I wanted to become a part of my community. Like I was ready to kind of leave my mark mm-hmm. or begin, you know, who Yasha, you know, really is and really kind of showcase myself. And so I, I was, I'm always thinking of ideas. My mind is always running. You know, I know um, while I was a public defender and even on my drive, you know, what can I do? What's something more that I can do? And I think this idea kind of just fell into place because I was, you know, I was trying to look for an event space and, you know, I have friends who were constantly doing things in the community. And I said, wow, you know, it'd be really cool if I found a neat industrial mm-hmm. old building. One, I would be helping the community. That would be me um, improving my community, making, uh, you know, making my mark. And I got really lucky. I just think, I felt, I think it all fell into place when I started um, looking for that perfect building. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I just never, I never looked back. It, it started happening so fast for me that I can't remember. I, I can't slow down that time. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I sorry. I just started babbling because <laughs> the story is just crazy. I know. Yeah. I went from being a public defender and then one day saying, I'm going to open up an event space, you know, yeah. it's. But I mean, (laughs) I think, I think though some people, what some people would see is crazy. I mean, I look at it and I think of, wow, that's so brave. Yeah. Courageous and brave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so where do you think, where do you think that comes from? Because I think a lot of people, like Tim said, you know, you, you kind of carve out this path and you say, this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to be five years from now. This is what I want my life to look like 10 years from now. So making a change, it's can be really scary. Um, so what do you think really gave you just that that fuel or that confidence to be able to be brave? Um, I never really appreciated it until I got older. Um, but so my parents, they came to America when they were um, pretty young. And, um, you know, they started from working in fast food to owning multiple hotels, mm-hmm. right? And so when I started to complain, like, oh, I can't do this, you know, uh, I, I, there's no way I can get this done. I don't have any, you know, chances. I just sit back and I think, okay, my parents came to this country. They didn't know how to speak English. They didn't have any support. They didn't have any money. And look at where they got to. And then I just think, like, I can get it done. If they can do it and they were brave and, and the obstacles that they had to overcome to get to where they are, I should be able to to get to that point. And so it's just that story is so close to me and I always see it, you know, and my parents always remind me of where we came from and how we grew up and to appreciate all of that. But just to, you know, kind of, that should be our fuel. Mm-hmm. Anytime I feel like I can't do something, I just take a step back and I said, I can, let me figure out how I can get there. My mom and dad worked in, I mean, my mom worked in Popeye's, and we still think it's crazy. Like the Louisiana Popeyes. Popeyes. I remember she'd bring back those biscuits, and my friends would never believe me, and I'd say, yeah, my mom worked at Popeye's, and now she, I mean, she owns a bunch of hotels, and she's very successful, Mm -hmm. and, you know, she did that at a really hard time. My dad passed away when we were were young, so she was taking care of three kids, Mm -hmm. and she was doing all of this. If she can do that, I can do this, and I will do this. So I feel like I just remind myself every time, you know, throughout this construction process, throughout school, uh, grad school, any time, it just, it just hits really close to home for me, and that's what gets me, you know, clear-minded, and I try to just readjust and figure it all out. You know, I, I love the story because it's, so many people, they spend their time looking at limitation. Yeah. You know, they're always, I, I have this rule, I say create and don't edit. Like allow yourself some time to just create. Most people immediately move into the editing phase. Thought comes in their mind, they start yeah. chopping it. Yeah. You know, can't do this, can't do that, don't have this, this won't work. This is, you know, in like you, what you're saying about your parents when they came into this country, they didn't have that luxury. You know, and I have immigrants on both sides of my family as well. So I know what that's like. When they came, it was like, hey, this is it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like those stories you hear where people would say, we're going to take this island. And to make sure we do, we're burning all the boats. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not, you know, we're really going to win this island or we're not going anywhere. So in that, you know, in that bravery and, the, you know, the, the courage that you see, how do you encourage other people when they run into those walls, when they look at it and they start moving into you know, that belief about what's inside of them. 
maybe they don't have the lineage or the story like you do. They don't have, you know, some sort of evidence that came before them to demonstrate that. Maybe they're making a shift. But when it comes to just that belief in themselves as well, because this is not just about your parents' story. This is actually you taking the step and you having a belief about who you are and the potential that's within you. Um, if you could share with some folks, like, how do you work that out in you? How do you work out your potential? Like, mm -hmm. and that belief in saying, hey, I can. Not just that they did, but when it comes down to you. So when people that are listening to this, they can go, gosh, that's helpful. This, is, this really is going to help me. Yeah. So a, a lot of times I feel like what holds us up is just the unknown. And, you know, you might have an idea and you don't know how to get to it. I always look um, to all of our you know resources in the community friends peers mentors um i remember during my phase when i really couldn't feel you know i have that story but i don't know anything about this industry right. i talked to people i said hey how do you feel about this i reached out to so many different people and you'll get encouragement or you know they give you that confidence that you need you become more aware of you know the concept that you're trying to create and i feel like it's the knowledge and, and the confidence you get from the people around you um, that helps give you that extra boost to get to the next level. That's how it worked for me. You know, I didn't know a lot of things, so I talked to people. I, I became educated um, on in, around this industry, and it really helped me, you know, say, okay, I think this is going to work, and I can do it. And, you know, I think it takes a lot to hear other people's stories, too. Um, I'm always following entrepreneurs or, you know, young um, professionals. And, and when I hear their story, um, like very similar to mine, I know someone was an attorney and she did something completely different. I said, wow, like, I want to do this, you know. So I think hearing other people's stories really help. And it's as easy as just, you know, going on Instagram or, or Facebook or listening to these types of podcasts. I think it really helps inspire other people. I mean, I don't, I don't have like a magic formula. I just, I love hearing other people's journey. What surprised you, I think, the most along the way? What was the biggest thing that was, you know, unexpected? <laughs> what surprised yeah, you? Which one, right? Yeah, yeah what was unexpected? One? What surprised you or both? You know, and how did you work with that? Oh my gosh. I think construction, um, I didn't know anything about construction. You mean that's not your, that's not the same as being an attorney? <laughs> I mean, I thought I, I came in here like wearing a suit, knowing what I was talking about. No, a lot of things took me off guard. You know, just, just setting up your business. Um, luckily, when I did come to those obstacles, uh, we have resources um, like the SBDC. I started my journey with them. Someone told me about them. I started with a uh, meeting with, with Scott over there and helped me kind of just take my idea mm -hmm. to the next level so I could, you know, move on. And I think that was that was hard for me. I had to make all of these charts and really um, kind of put down on paper where my numbers were. And when I went, uh, I didn't know about this resource in, in Greenville and it helps other small businesses. So I started there mm -hmm. and they really helped me understand what I needed to get done before I even opened a business or before I even started construction. So once I got over that hoop, and I was like, I got to work on this long business plan. Um, I started the, the construction journey and I learned so much about, 
you know, subcontractors and um, unexpected um, surprises mm-hmm. with an old building. And there were some tears. There were, there were lots <laughs> of tears um, and, and anxiety. But, you know, I just took a step back. I talked to people. I said, what else can I do? What mm-hmm. are my options? This can't be the, you know, the final say in certain mm-hmm. things. So it's it's all about being proactive, right. you know, going out there and, uh you know, really making people believe that you're serious about this. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, that's, that's kind of my... Well, I have, a, I have a question because, you know, I always believe that there are parts of us, no matter what kind of shifts or changes we make, yeah. right? There are parts of things that we've done previously or prior to something that, we're, that, are, that can be transferable, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you learned from being an attorney that you've been able to at least... From, you know whether it's principle, like you know, on a principle, like uh, or some sort of practical thing, or a method or a way of thinking that has been transferable into what you're doing now. What are, what were some of the things that you were able to carry over from your time being a public defender? Because yeah. and you did it very well. Because I do know that you really represented those who didn't have a voice very well, and I know that about you. Thank you. So how, how what are some of the things that are transferable that you've been able to carry over into this that you could say? wow, being an attorney helped me with this. Is there anything that you could say that off the top of your head? It, it kind of just uh, what, I, what I was talking about before, but ask questions. Um, no one has all of the answers, and we don't know everything. And so uh, even as an attorney, I didn't know everything. And not, I mean, we all, I feel like I had, um, after on my four-year or three-year mark, I would have people who would ask me questions I still didn't know anything about. But I would, you know, I would reach out to my mentors. I would say, hey, I have this type of case. Can you please help me? So when I um, arrived to, to this project, I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't even have a, a background in it. So I would reach out to other planners or other um, contacts that I had in the hospitality industry, and I would ask them questions. I would even volunteer to come work for them intern anything and I was putting myself out there um, to give myself that ability to get those questions answered mm-hmm. so um, asking questions I, I was always taught that in law school and my boss um, as what while I was a public defender um, time management I had a boatload of cases while I was a public <laughs> defender but I was able to prioritize okay this is probably the most important thing I need to work on that first and that's translated through um, this project just because there are a lot of moving parts you know you have the business trying to market yourself and then you have the construction and so I really had to prioritize sometimes because it can be overwhelming um, I didn't realize how big of a project this was until uh, I was experiencing it, and, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of times where I just had to take a step back and say, okay, what's the most important thing I had, have to get done? Um, and just thinking-wise, I am a lot really critical about certain things, and I, I try to take a look at, you know, the whole picture before, you know, uh, arriving to any conclusions, so... Um, and reading everything before you sign it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> no, that is a good one. Yeah, because most people don't read emails. No. Yeah. They don't even read emails. <laughs> right. Well, somebody mentioned the other day, like, the Apple thing that you sign for iTunes is actually, like, 150-some pages yes. long. Yeah. And, yeah. and you can agree. That? Everybody just hits yeah. agree. Yeah. 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 Like, Apple won't screw me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nothing uh, against Apple. No. If yeah. anyone's listening, Big we Apple love fan. Apple. We're love Apple, Apple fans. All day Apple. <laughs> 
Um, so you you mentioned something about mentors, and I'm I'm someone who the whole idea of having mentors. I think it's really important as a young professional to have a mentor. But I think that one thing that a lot of people don't talk about is that those mentor relationships can shift and change as you grow or as you maybe change jobs. So. What was your interaction like with those mentors? Are they still in your life today? Were any of them, uh, did they maybe advise you to do other than what you did? I mean, how have, how have those mentor relationships changed and um, how did they react when you said, hey, I'm gonna make this shift? Um, I still talk to all of the vendors, I'm sorry, not vendors, but <laughs> mentors. And I really, I, I classify them as mentors in mm -hmm. my head. Um, just because they're, I went to them, they were a lot more experienced. But I, um, you know, I think they appreciate or they respect the, the decisions that I made um, that maybe weren't what they recommended. So mm -hmm. I still talk to them, ask them for advice, because um, it's they're such an asset to me, you know. And I and I've, I've always said, you know, if I can help you in any way, please let me know, because you can't repay someone back the advice and that you get. Um, it's just, it's really hard. I, I've gotten an incredible amount of support from even, I would say, uh, competing businesses or mm -hmm. um, other other resources in the community. And if I didn't know what they didn't tell me, I feel like I would have made a lot of bad decisions. Mm -hmm. So I'm really thankful for them. But I also know that they, they can respect the fact that I went in a different, um, different way for some of their advice, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, well, I guess another thing that you mentioned is so you're an entrepreneur, and you know you're. Yeah, you get to say that now. You're an attorney. Uh, and an you're still like, are you still like? Yeah, you're, I'm you're still an attorney. I, you know, I'm still going to keep my license active. There you go. Um, and you I have know, a case for you that I'm. Yes. Gonna, just kidding. <laughs> what kind of case is it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, I, it's it was a lot of fun being a public defender. I mean, I had the best stories. Every day it was different. You know, I mean, the stories that you would hear really humble you and, mm -hmm. and just make you appreciate everything but I mean I, I, it's fun but you're an you attorney know? entrepreneur now yeah. that's great yeah. and it's like you're enterprising mm -hmm. yeah you, you're a job creator you bring joy to people's lives like you're in the hospitality and service business you're still yeah. in the people business yeah like that's a big deal mm -hmm. like as an entrepreneur yeah this is a place where people are going to be able to come in and just experience like joy like what words would you describe that you want people to feel in here? Joy. Yeah, you're right. You took the word out of my mouth. Wow. Yeah, joy. Do you see that? Like, is that something when you wake yeah. up? Is, is that like a thing that when you get up to drive here? Yeah. Because you mentioned, you know, you're you're a mom. Yeah. You, you know, um, and a wife, and mm -hmm. you have you've made a shift, and you know you want to you want to have a reason to leave things. Yeah. So I uh, just what you said earlier. Um, so our first event was the Euphoria event. And before that, I mean, there was construction, um, all kinds of things happening in here. And, and there's only been the max amount, probably 10, 15 people in here all at once. Um, and then to actually see the space fill up and decorate it, I just, it was this overwhelming joy feeling that I had. I can't describe it. I just remember walking downstairs uh, probably around 7, 38, and it was pretty packed out. And I couldn't, there was so much music playing, but I, it's like everything went quiet. And I just was looking around and every, there were, everyone was talking and dancing and drinking. And I just, I had goosebumps. I said, wow. Like I just, 
I took a breath and I said, oh, like I, I did it. You know, I got to this point because I, there were times when I, I thought to myself, I'm, I'm, I can't see it. I don't know if this is going to work. So I need, I need to sell to, it now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I need to find some buyers. But at that moment, it was, it was so strange that it would happen. I was just walking down the stairs and, you know, trying to make sure everything was okay. And I just, I just stopped and looked around and it was the coolest feeling and memory I'll ever have. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like a sense of relief and accomplishment at that point that I did it. Like mm-hmm. I did it finally. Um, so I'll never forget that moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's so great. And I think that it's that whole idea of you had this dream yeah, <laughs> and you kind of, you were able to come in and look at a building that had been vacant for four years yeah. and say, this is what I think this building's potential is. So it was kind of that opportunity for you to really experience it and get all those great feelings from Mm -hmm. all the people who were in that room. Um, Well, I, so I, I am an entrepreneur as well and I'm also a mom. And so we were talking a little bit before um, mm-hmm. we started interviewing you. You know, you're also a mom. And I think that a lot of times with young professionals, people sort of stereotype us as yeah. being, you know, we're out and about, we're always partying, we're working crazy hours, um, we're really, really focused on our career and what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. But what have you, um, what have been the best and the most challenging parts of being a mom mm-hmm. and an entrepreneur who just launched this great business? Um, well, yes, it is very difficult and I have to wear several hats. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost like juggling. Um, mm-hmm. but I think the best part of it was, um, my son is really low maintenance and, um, <laughs> He was just very manageable because I literally gave birth to him, and then the next month I came here to start knocking down walls. Yeah, you know, so like, so- <laughs> you did like four, like four weeks. Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. We closed wow. on it, and then you know the team arrived, and I said, "Hey, give me the sledgehammer. Like, I want to be the first person mm-hmm. who puts a hole in this building." And so he was very manageable throughout that process, but it was hard just leaving him. And no one tells you about all these emotions that you have leaving your, oh, your yeah. baby at home. But I <laughs> also, real. I have this other baby now too. Um, and I think, um, I tried to manage my time where I would go home and I would make sure that I would do everything for him. You know, I, I still, um, make his, I make all of his food and I'll freeze it. And it gives me like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something for him. And I, I, I'll try to read to him and make sure that I'm still present, you know, cause sometimes, uh, being an entrepreneur and having your own business, it does consume you. And I, I do take time out to take a step back and say, Hey, he is still my number one priority. You know, I'm so happy and excited to be a mom. And, you know, I, I hope that I can juggle both. He comes um, with me here, mm-hmm. and I try to make his schedule as flexible as possible. Um, it, like I said, he's really chill baby. I would have brought him today, but um, he would well, have just been babbling. You just need to bring him in. He and I can go to, the, we can go to Frankie's Fun Park. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though he's nine months, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's nine Frankie's. months. We'll go to Frankie's Fun Park. I love it. He's, He'll be chill with me. He's the real CEO of this place. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm trying to do, um, everything that works, you know, with my schedule and also be, you know, um, a mom. Mm -hmm. It's hard, but, uh, I feel like you can do it. Yeah. 
And I think the I think the thing that you really keyed in on there is that idea of presence. So yeah. whatever you're doing, you know, you're bringing. I, I think there's this idea that you have to be, you know, at home, your mom and wife, and at work, your entrepreneur. And yeah. I think it's you've got to put your whole self into whatever yeah. you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, you gotta when you're with that time with your son, yeah. being able to just focus in on him, it just makes that quality time so much better. Yes. And um, I've discovered after probably three years of really feeling pulled that when I got to that point where I could really be present, it was just so much better. One of the things that I um, realized I had to do was kind of disconnect as soon as I got home because I was finding myself just looking at my phone and checking my emails to make sure that everything was getting done with the construction aspect and was realizing that my baby was just, my son was just to the side and playing and that's not, I didn't want to be on my phone like digitally connected and, um, you know, be with my son because he wasn't getting my attention and then I couldn't give the business my full attention. So I just, I try to just put my phone away when Mm -hmm. I get home and leave that world back here and just focus on my son because you can't really do both at the same time, no. especially when they're as, as, as young as, you know, mine is, it's, he's nine months. I need mm-hmm. to be, you know, engaged with him and, and not checking my phone and replying to emails or taking calls. So, and I feel better too. Right. You know, I feel like I'm really connecting with him and, um, really well, giving him everything. Yeah, and I I mean I think that it's that whole idea we and Tim and I talk about this a lot that multitasking is really a myth because if you're not giving your full attention to <laughs> yes. something, you're just sort of ha- half involved and at the end you go what 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 was I just doing mm-hmm. for the last little bit? And I think especially with with kids and I've found this is, you know, put there's a huge value to putting the phone away and really being able to just focus on engaging with them Mm -hmm. um, and doing those fun, you know, you talk about being creative, you know, doing those fun, creative, silly things with them. Yes. I spent um, last weekend making all of these fun sensory activities, like colored spaghetti and uh, jello. Can I come over? Toys buried in jello. It was See, a lot I'm of fun. Like, I'm interested in you that. Know, that was, like, that's the fun yeah. part of being a mom is doing all these fun activities. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I, might, I make sure that I do all of that, you know, and enjoy these young days. I heard they grow up so quickly. No, they do. And you'll, and the thing is, is you'll blink really. It's like turn around and like, cause I've got one. This is like, I think about it all the time. My firstborn and he'll be, he's a senior. And he's going to college. Oh my it's like gosh. I have to think about. Yeah. I, I think about that, and I. I mean, I love him yeah. in a very deep. You know, it's a deep love for my son. My daughter has a different love, and it's deep. It's different. And then our middle son, same thing. I love him with a deep love, and I know he's just right behind his older brother. Yeah. And then I got a while for my daughter. <laughs> but it's just that feeling, like you said. It's like it does, and like. I literally was thinking about this, just what you said about like this spaghetti stuff. And I didn't do enough spaghetti. I didn't do enough of some of those things. There are days, Yasha, like that as an entrepreneur, because I've been an entrepreneur since 1998. Wow. And I have holes of time that I don't remember. So what you're doing right now at the age that you are, 
Mm-hmm. I want to applaud that. And I hope you never lose that, that like allow yourself to figure this out. Allow yourself to say, you know, the Rutherford's still going to be here. This building's going to be here. I'm going to go home tonight. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or there's going to be days that, Hey, he's good. And I spent this time and I'm going to go, I'm going to go over to my other baby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the building baby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do this, but allow yourself to feel that, but just keep doing that whole presence thing. And because you don't want, the gaps, like I can tell you, like I remember holding my son laying on his belly on my forearm mm-hmm. and his legs draping over and his little head laid in the palm of my hand and me walking him around, just bouncing him in my mm-hmm. arm, making up a song that made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. I can remember that. But then I see these holes because I was busy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? If you could look back right now and say, hey, younger self, Yasha. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something now that current day Yasha knows. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, Maybe skip over law school so you don't have all that student (laughs) loan debt. (laughs) Uh, You know, I wanted to go into marketing. I wanted to, you know, really um, let my creative juices flow. And, and, you know, I just, I I don't know. I don't remember how I got pushed into the whole uh, legal career um, path, but I don't know what I would tell the younger Yasha because, you know, I am who I am now because of the choices I made. So, Yasha, I think there's something that you said earlier. You said the unknown holds us up. And we talk a lot on Uphill Conversations and on UCYP about um, the whole idea that, you know, with millennials, for example, you get put kind of in this box and you have sort of this, this stereotype about you. So... I'm curious, as you went into this new journey, as you made this shift, and you're going into this unknown, so you said that, you know, your parents really inspired you because they knew that they they always had this drive. Was it hard to go to your mom after being in law and tell her this thing that you were doing, or was that that more of an excitement? for you. Oh my gosh. I think it was, um, you know, scared. I was happy, um, and, and worried. I was feeling a lot of different things, but my parents have always believed in me. If it's one thing they've always said, and I don't know if it's cause I'm the middle child, but I've, I wasn't rebellious, but you know, I always, um, had these crazy ideas and I know that they probably always thought I was going to do something different, but, um, when I went to them and I told them this idea and I said, listen, I want to buy this building and Mm -hmm. this is what I want to do with it. I'm not going to be an attorney anymore. And, um, I want you guys to come down and look at this building. They were like, okay, (laughs) what now? A banquet hall? What are you going to have there? (laughs) You're going to start doing weddings? I said, no, I am going to make something beautiful out of this really old building. Can you just please come and see it? And I'll walk you through it. And I think I think I was excited to tell them because, again, they've always believed in me. Mm-hmm. And that was really important to me. Um, throughout the process, though, they, they were kind of like, oh, is this going to work? What's going to happen? <laughs> and I've tried to just reassure them it's going to be okay. But um, I'm sure... There's a part of them that's probably like, you should have done this earlier. You could have just skipped over law school. But again, I mean, they've been very supportive and always, you know, helped me 
also see the downside of things. You know, they always, you know, put that pressure on me to make sure like, you know, everything before you're going to go into this, know Mm -hmm. the risk, you know, although my parents are very successful, you know, they've had times where they didn't make all the right decisions and, you know, things have happened. And that also kind of helps me keep my eyes open and say, okay, there's a possibility something can't work, but you know what? We're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. There, you know, you've, you've got to be proactive, um, and just really educate yourself. Like I said, talk to people. And that's what my parents told me to do. They're like, well, you need to call so-and-so and, and, and see if, if this is really going to work. So mm-hmm. they were, they were really supportive, but I was kind of scared, you know, yeah. like what questions they were going to ask mm-hmm. me. And, and, um, overall it, it went pretty well. Um, Good. and like they've, they've been supporting me, um, throughout this process and, just being critical and giving me great advice. So I'm really lucky that I have them. It's like hot and cold, you know, but they keep me, they keep me on my toes. So it really helps. Well, and I I think that that ties into, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about, you know, there's so many articles out there about millennials, but Mm -hmm. one thing I think that is true, at least about me and sounds like with you is that we do have this great connection with our parents and there is that sense of, um, you know, just, just family and loyalty and like friendship there. So I I know that my dad always taught me expect the worst and hope for the best, but he's always the first one that I want to tell and my mom about something great that happened or even a challenge. And they've always been there for me. So I'd share that with you. Yeah. It, it really helps. It's just like mentally comforting. Um, I'm sure there's always been a part of me that knew there was always going to be a risk Mm -hmm. to doing something an old building mm-hmm. and um I just always know they're they're there and supporting me making sure and helping me get through you know overcoming some of those fears and maybe they didn't have that because they didn't have that relationship mm-hmm. with their parents but I just I'm really thankful for that I have them you know I was just telling Megan this the other day and there's something that comes from my culture about wine skin and you can't put new wine in an old skin because it'll burst an old skin, mm-hmm. you know, can't hold it because the wine is too strong and potent. And so a wine skin, eventually, you have to get a new one in order to put new wine in it. And like to me, like we're sitting in this building, which is an envelope, right? It's a it's a it's its own ecosystem. And it was an old building that you walked into, which was basically like an old skin, like an old wine skin. Yeah. But you had a new wine vision. And like literally you made this change and you made it a new skin. It didn't mean you changed like what it is. It's still a building. It's like all of those things, right? But you just improved it in order to be able to hold for a new vision. So kind of like I'm sitting here, the Rutherford event space, sitting here with you, sitting with Megan, looking at these walls and what you're doing. There's people who probably are going to listen to this. They're going to hear some background noise and stuff. People are working. Things are happening. You're open, but you're still improving this place. Mm -hmm. You are really bringing a new skin. And so I want to congratulate you and say, this is a new skin with new wine coming into it. You know? Yeah. I just think it's a, it's a powerful Testament to what can be done in life. So, um, we want to know where people can connect. Where would you like them to really learn more about you yeah. personally mm-hmm. and um, just who you are? And then your 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 space here in G Vegas, Greenville, yes. South Carolina. Uh. It's the other <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> 
Not as much gambling. <laughs> no, no, well, there's no or gambling. None. Yeah, there is, yeah, zero gambling yeah. here. But it's just, you know, it's a fun place. But Yes. Yeah, so at, um, anyone who's interested in connecting with me, um, they can email me at info at therutherfordgreenville.com. And I get all of those emails sent directly to my phone. Um, and I always have my phone outside when I'm playing with my child, (laughs) but uh, I'd love to connect, uh, even share my story, talk about other people's stories. I I want to be able to carry my experience onto the next person so they can hear what I did and what I, what I had to tell myself and, and do to overcome doubt. You know, there was constantly doubts. I'm not an interior designer. I'm not a, uh, an architect. I just did all of this stuff because I believed in my vision and, um, you know, just went with it. And I had to tell myself, I, this is going to look amazing. Um, so email. Yep. The website is? The RutherfordGreenville.com. Okay. And then, and then also they should look for you on LinkedIn. Yes. Check me out on LinkedIn. Yasha Patel. That is correct. Yep. Now, do you have Twitter or any of this? I do not have Twitter. Okay. Well, we're going to get you. Or Instagram? I am on Instagram. Is okay. the Rutherford on Instagram? The Rutherford GVL. Yep. There we Perfect. go. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Yasha. We have really enjoyed having you on the show today. Um, This has been another episode of UCYP. Please remember that you can connect with us on Twitter at the UCYP. You can join our Facebook group where we're always sharing phenomenal information about young professionals. And remember that we have really three goals for this podcast. We want to elevate the voices of young professionals. We want to build a bridge between generations, those um, coming up as well as older generations. And we also really want to inspire young professionals to lead. 